Down to Football with Sean McDonald, Colin Sommer, and Nick Palumba. Brought to you by WHIP. Welcome back to Down to Football. It has been quite a while since our last recording, and I'm glad to be back with you. Uh, we got a great episode for you guys today. Uh, we have our usual first four segments, but for our last segment, we're switching it up a little bit, guys. Uh, we have a new segment, and it is called The Final Chase. So basically what The Final Chase is, we are going to pick a team that is not currently in first place, and we are going to predict that they, by the end of the season, will be the first place team and bum, bum, bum. will win the division. <laughs> so we got some bold predictions. We got a great show for you guys today. Uh, we're going to be covering week 11 and 12 because we were on break, so we got some stuff to cover. And... Uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy. So, uh, from week 11, I really would like to talk about the Minnesota Vikings and Chicago Bears game. Um, this was the Sunday night football game. It was a very good game. We love divisional matchups. Chicago, every time they play, they just look like more of a dark horse team. Um, are they coming up? Are they? Could they win the conference, honestly? This defense is legit, okay? <clears throat> they, they were feasting without Khalil Mack. And it's just been so, so impressive since he's been back. Uh, he came back one game, and he got a four, another forced fumble with a strip sack. The, the guy's a beast. But the rest of that defense is just so crisp. Eddie Jackson, let's not forget about him. Two weeks in a row with a pick six against division rivals, that's just clutch. I, I, this Eddie Jackson guy, I'm liking him. I know he's been pretty uh, – he's been a solid starter for them for the past – year or so uh he's doing really good but that the whole secondary just seems to be locking things down that defensive line it's absolutely stuffing up the run game uh dalvin cook got denied entirely when they played it was absolutely uh, non-existent <laughs> yeah basically non-existent so yeah the, the chicago bears I, I do like them i think the vikings are still in it i'm not quite sure about the division but they could certainly lock up a wild card spot but yeah what do you guys think um, I'm I did not have faith in this defense at first. I honestly thought this was a lot of the Bears' offense with Jordan Howard and Trubisky. I thought these guys were big, but then I mean, yes, we saw you know um, their game against the Vikings, which was you know very big. But then also we can see look ahead a little bit to their Week 12 game against the Lions without Trubisky. Their defense still was able to stop up like the Lions, which haven't been a sl- uh, slouch team either on offense. So it's one of those things that this team just has so many forces on both sides of the ball that I really they can make a run in this playoff um, this year. So I'm excited to see the, uh, what they got the rest of the season. Um, they got you know tough games with the Rams and the Packers and the Vikings again, but um, I mean it's just if they can finish strong, I think they can t- continue that into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, and speaking of Trubisky, Trubisky didn't even have that great of a game. He had, like, two interceptions, only 165 yards passing. So I think, you know, it was like what Colin said. I mean, like, the defense, uh, Eddie Jackson, like, that was that was a huge play. I, you know, he doesn't score that touchdown. They might not even, like, win the games, I mean, statistically. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think both sides of the ball, um, pretty good. But it was definitely more of a defensive game this time around yeah, for absolutely. the Bears. <clears throat> defense wins championships in the end. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do have to have a good offense, but defense very, very mildly underrated. Especially with uh, you know guys like I mean the Vikings have a lot of weapons on their team: Dalvin Cook, Latavius Murray, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen only had 66 yards that game. Yeah, they, they which absolutely is insane. Them up. Yeah, the, the Minnesota Vikings came into this season um, 
you know, just they got Kirk Cousins to be there for, you know, surefire uh, starter, mm-hmm. give him a full, fully guaranteed contract, which was insane, broke the internet. Um, I personally don't think he's lived up to the hype of that entire contract, but he has done well. There's certainly room to improve, and he's going to have seasons to do that. But for the Vikings to get back in this race, they have to be able to beat their division rivals especially. Um, but, yeah, this was a really good game. Uh, the Bears, like Sean just said, the, 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 the defense, it's just it's been performing so well. Um, and I don't really think anyone's going to slow them down. They're just yeah, no. they're just such a threat. And they, they come back, you know, playing the Giants. I mean, they could easily feast on that one, too, Eli Manning. Uh, Cleo Mack should have a bunch of sacks and uh, tackles that mm-hmm. game, too. So. Yeah, they're going to keep good. the momentum going. Um, the next game in Week 11, um, I think a lot of people are calling this a game of the year. I personally agree. You guys might agree. But the Chiefs-Rams game on Monday Night Football was hosted in Los Angeles, originally supposed to be in Mexico. Uh, Mexico City, um, but due to bad conditions, it was moved back to L.A., so that game, wow. Uh, I wasn't sure what to expect. I knew it was going to be a shootout, but putting up a combined 105 points, that's insane. It is. It, that's just, I mean, especially for, like, a Monday Night Football game, I mean, this is, like, the time to shine. It's not just to show, like, the NFL, but the whole country because this is, you know, Monday Night Football is huge, and, like, both these teams just come out there on prime time and, like, just put on a show, it shows that, not you know, both these teams aren't slouches, you know? And I think it was very entertaining up until the end. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, 478 yards with six touchdowns. Uh, Jared Goff, 413 with four. Uh, just crazy numbers getting put up by both quarterbacks. Um, but then you look at it and say at the same time, and it's like defense was kind of non-existent, except for um, Aaron Donald. Yes, he went off. Now, now here's the thing. The, the thing that I, I love seeing a shootout is very entertaining, but this is what I personally think separates them from and I'm not just saying it because I'm a Saints fan, but the thing that separates these two teams from the Saints is that their defense was non-existent. Um, the Rams, obviously, they had they forced five turnovers, so that would that helped their cause. Because if they didn't get those turnovers, the Chiefs could have easily pulled away with this game. But like the Saints are like putting teams away early, but their defense is still shutting them down. It's not like they put up an immense amount of points and then like slightly let the teams come back. They have their defense is full force the entire game. And as far as it goes with Patrick Mahomes MVP chance, it's he this was a primetime game. So this was obviously a super important game. We all know how good the Rams are, but in critical times, crunch time, you can't have five turnovers. You, you can have six touchdowns. You can, have, you can have as many touchdowns as you want. You can have as, as many passing yards as, as you want. But five turnovers is unacceptable. This game, you know, for the people who choose MVP, could single-handedly turn it over to Drew Brees or Jared Goff or somebody else. Because if you're he, – Patrick Mahomes is outstanding. The six touchdowns, it, it's mind-blowing. We know he throws touchdowns. But when you're throwing three interceptions in crunch time and you also have two forced fumbles against yourself, there's no excuse for that. Yes, this is his first year playing. This is practically his rookie year, but this can't happen in a big game like this because next thing you know, he's in the Super Bowl and then he folds in the last couple of minutes. Do I think that'll happen again? I don't know what to think because he, he might not do that again, but he also might depends on how he improves but that that's just how i see it yeah i i totally agree um you just also have to take into account like how versatile the rams defense is especially you know playing a uh, um a young quarterback like mahomes um but 
yeah, the defense, like you both said, was non-existent on both sides of the, the pitch. And I think definitely that the turnovers were the turning point of the game. I think you eliminate those turnovers. I think the Chiefs win this game, really. Um, yeah, but that's five. It was a three-point game. Yeah. It was a three-point game that basically came down to Patrick Mahomes trying to lead a comeback and he throws a pick. But prior to that pick, he had four other turnovers. That's a possibility of 28 total points. That could have been the difference. It also could have killed time on the clock. Obviously, it didn't go in their favor. Patrick Mahomes ended up having a somewhat decently statistical game in terms of touchdowns and yards. But, again, the turnovers are too critical. Yeah. Um, So we're going to move on to uh, Week 12. Sean, I know it's not your favorite topic to talk about. but That's right. (laughs) We have the Panthers in the Seahawks game. Um. I like how the Seahawks team is playing right now. Now, I don't think they're going to be able to catch up to the Rams. I think the Rams have easily pulled ahead. But the Seahawks are definitely making a case for a wild card run. I think this team is mildly underrated. I think when Pete Carroll was asked in the beginning of the season, when you know um, Cam Chancellor was retiring, little confusion surrounding Earl Thomas, they had a bunch of injuries, and, and Pete Carroll was asked, okay, so is this team rebuilding? He said no. And people were a little shocked at that because they thought this team was depleted. They had no defense anymore. The the run game was very stagnant. The, everything about the offense was stagnant, except for Russell Wilson, obviously. But Pete Carroll, you know, stuck to his gun and said, no, this is not a rebuild year. And as of lately, it's really showing. Um, they Before beating the Panthers in Week 12, they beat the Packers um, on a primetime game on a Thursday night game. Um, 27-24. So that was another big win for them. When you're going up against Aaron Rodgers, it's not exactly easy. Um, I don't think Aaron Rodgers has exactly been himself this season, but the Seahawks, I like the Seahawks. I mean, I like them too. I mean, Russell Wilson, like, really, I'm I was surprised, okay? Like, I knew, like, okay, he still had, like, a little gas in the tank. I didn't think he was completely done, but I'm like, you know, I was about to sit, I'm like, okay, now we're going to really see some regression from him, especially because I did not believe Pete Carroll either. I thought... We talk like this is your rebuilding year and just accept it. But I mean, he obviously he saw something in his players that none of us did. Obviously, being with them day to day. But um, I mean, we also can look at the other side of the ball. I mean, it was also a very good game for by the Panthers. I mean, Christian um, McCaffrey just had 125 yards. I mean, insane numbers were put up. Uh, same with Cam Newton. I mean, so both sides of the ball battled. So I think, but I think the Seahawks probably have more of a chance to like pull uh, a playoff spot more than the Panthers just because of their division right now. Yeah, um, it's very concerning for the Panthers. The Panthers dropped three straight games. Now um, the Seahawks currently take over uh, what was once the Panthers' uh, wild card spot. Um, that could change in coming weeks. Um, but the way that the Panthers are playing right now, um, it's it's a head-scratcher. Um, the Panthers lose because Graham Gino's, um missed field goal in the fourth quarter. Uh, gives the ball back to Seahawks. Seahawks march down the field to get the last minute. And it was a 52-yarder, um, I believe, and that single-handedly gives them good field position to start Yeah, with. and that, that gives them the ball, and the Seahawks score on a last-minute field goal to win the game. Um, it's a very disappointing loss uh, for Carolina. Um, but I, I will say, uh, the, the only good thing the Panthers have you know really shown the past three weeks Christian McCaffrey he's been the whole team for the last three weeks uh, he's been playing out of absolutely out of his mind 
DJ Moore too. I, the past two weeks has played f- give, absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely, give credit to him. I love DJ Moore. I like him coming out of college. Um, one thing I think they need to do with him is make him a bigger red zone target. I know um, it's hard because he, he's not the biggest receiver in the world, but you could certainly you know create some plays for him. Great route. He's a great route runner, so that's definitely an upper hand for him. Um, I just see his potential going up and up and up. Um, I do like DJ Moore, and like you said, Christian McCaffrey, man. This guy, dude, I don't even know what to think of him. He's a single-man wrecking wrecking crew. I mean, 17 carries for 125 yards, 7.4 average. That's insane. And he also had a rushing touchdown. But then on top of that, he gets the double plus 100, and he gets 112 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown as well. On 11 11 receptions. He was was the most thrown to player on and I think he was eleven for eleven also. Yeah. I don't think he yeah. missed a single pass that, yeah, he was eleven for eleven. And didn't miss a single pass that was thrown to him. He was just like a magnet with that ball. All you fantasy owners out there, give a very warm thank you to him. He he deserves it. Oh my that. gosh, yeah. He and deserves this this is uh, one last thing. This is another thing that's very concerning. So you have McCaffrey for, for receiving, DJ Moore. After that, nothing. Jarius no Wright Mm-mm. Two receptions, 25 yards. Curtis Samuel, two receptions, 17 yards. I thought Curtis Samuel would do a little bit better than that. Um, Greg Olson, two receptions, 11 yards. That's like a future Hall of Fame tight end right there. He's one of your. He's been your go-to for years, and you know, is non-existent. He has really hasn't been existent the whole, whole year. But like, I mean, Curtis Samuel had a touchdown. But besides that, that's really it. it it's just the three-man crew. I feel like it's been a three-man crew. Cam Newton. Um, Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore the past three weeks. Uh, you can't win games like that. And, you know, the defense hasn't been playing too great. Don, uh, Dante Jackson uh, was hurt. Um, and Wait. he got... Continue. Yeah, and I think they put Edler in. Edler played absolutely horrendous. Got burnt many times. They threw him in the nickel. He wasn't even starting on the secondary um, and still got burnt. And, you know, you just can't win games like that. It's It's just been a three-man team. I think, I think it's extremely concerning knowing what Christian McCaffrey, like the numbers he put up, uh, you know, 200-plus scrimmage yards, and they still lost. Yeah, that's, you, that's absurd. It's unacceptable. Any time a player's playing like that, you should win the game. No Absolutely. problem. Absolutely no problem. But as I said again, um, it needs to be a team effort, not a three-person effort I to win totally games. Totally agree. Totally um, The last game I want to bring up is the Steelers-Broncos game. Um, Denver. Last two games have actually pulled up upsets. This was a seven-point upset against the Steelers. Um, critical mistake by Ben Roethlisberger, and then, uh, they were on the goal line, and he throws um, a pick to the defensive tackle, completely oblivious of uh, seeing him. He was literally standing right in front of him and just basically gave it to him. And let's say that defensive defensive tackle was not there. The ball, it was just a dumb pass to begin with because. The cornerback that was on Antonio Brown, because Antonio Brown was the one who was targeted, was completely draped over him. There was no way that pass was going to be incomplete. So I'm not really sure what was going through Ben Roethlisberger's head. It was just a poor, poor decision. Prior to this upset, they also upset the Chargers. They only upset the Chargers because of poor time management from the Chargers. Uh, they were going to kick a field goal, so it would force uh, Denver to uh, have to get a touchdown. And um, they missed the field goal and left... Um, a lot of time on the clock and a very good field position for the Broncos to go right down the field and um, kick a field goal for the win. Hopefully the Chargers don't mess that up again. I, they had a pretty commanding win against Arizona, but that's not like a huge accomplishment because they're clearly at the bottom of the ranks. They're 
probably they might end up with the number one draft pick it's kind of a toss-up right now we'll see how that fares out but yeah this broncos team they're five and six but could they sneak into the playoffs somehow um, I think there's a chance they could get into the playoffs, definitely. I mean, if they face more teams that they like last week, then yes. Because, I don't know, the Steelers, I think, just got tired. I mean, you look at the numbers. You look at Big Ben through for 462 yards. Now, in any other game, you'd be like, wow, that's insane. They only scored 17 points. He threw the ball 56 times. That's unhealthy. That is so unhealthy, it's not even funny. And it's like, he connected with 41 of those, but he had two interceptions. I mean, you just overworked your quarterback at that point. That's bad coaching right there. James Conner didn't really have much, 53 yards, average 4.1 on each carry. But, like, I mean, he didn't really have a lot going on. I mean, Juju, I mean, he had 189 yards. I mean, that's very good. Antonio Brown had... Oh, 67. I mean, not his typical game. That's no, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of players. You know, what, every once in a while, it's not too good. But no, absolutely, I, I honestly think it was the overworking of Big Ben that um, made the Pittsburgh Steelers lose this game. So if like the Broncos keep playing teams like this that overwork their players, then I think they can definitely do something, especially with um, Philip. Lindsay, or is it Lindsay? It's li- I'm not really sure. I don't think anybody. No knows. one knows. We're just calling call just Phil. My man Phil right here, Phil. 110 yeah. yards uh, rushing, 7.9 on average. That's insane. And then Emmanuel, Sanier, uh, Emmanuel Sanders has also done a really good job this whole season. Um, Outside of Juju Smith-Schuster's long touchdown, the best play, like the most productive play that the Steelers had was when Chris Boswell threw a two-yard touchdown that I think it was the offensive lineman Villanueva. Uh, to me, I thought it was funny because I love big man touchdowns. But if that's like your mo- if that's your highlight reel of the day, I'm not really sure that you deserve to win. They they have lost. They, uh, like I said, they didn't deserve to win. But the Steelers again, and and I see this every season. They're just so inconsistent. They when they play elite teams, they play up to those teams. They match them every single game. But the other thing is when they play bad teams that is an easy win, they play down to them. And I, I'm not I'm not quite sure why that happens. Yeah, um, addressing your question before about the Broncos, if they can squeeze into the playoffs, um, technically speaking, I'd say yeah. Um, if you look at their next few games, they play the Bengals, 49ers, Browns, Raiders, and then their hardest game is the Chargers. Um, out of those five, you know, four of those are, I mean, pretty, pretty um, easy, I'd say, wins possibly. Um, and if they're going to overthrow anyone, it's definitely going to be the Ravens, who are currently the sixth seed in the AFC. So that that's who you'd look to to take their spot. I mean, I really don't think their division, they have a chance to climb up to the Chiefs or past the Chargers even right now, but definitely a wild card spot is in their future if they really work in these next five games. Yeah, you're possibly looking at a 9-7, and seven, you know, like... Sl- hey, you got the Bills in the playoffs. Yeah. Like. Yeah, exactly. So. So um, you just gotta look around the league. That's yeah, you might thing. see you might see three teams from the AFC West um, make it in the playoffs. Who knows? You never know. We're gonna step away from the games. We're gonna go into our a little bit of fantasy talk. I'm gonna start off with some quarterbacks from Week 11. First off, Andrew Luck. Uh, I don't really think he's getting enough credit. Let me just tell you something right now. It, against Tennessee in Week 11, he had 297 passing yards. Very good. He also had three touchdowns. But let me tell you something. That's eight straight weeks with three-plus passing touchdowns. Eight eight straight weeks. Wow. That's 24 touchdowns in eight weeks. That's an average of three. That's that's insane. Um, you know, as of lately, I've been with the MVP talks, it's Freeze, Mahomes, 
Gurley, Goff. Where is Andrew Luck in this conversation? He definitely deserves to be in there. I think it's just because of the rough start they had in the beginning, which is not his fault. I will reiterate that. It was his offensive line's fault. They did not give him any time to throw that ball. So, I mean, just because now that their offensive line has finally figured out how to block, you know, good for them. But, you know, I mean, Luck is now really showing off the talent that he has. I do like Andrew Luck when he's healthy. I think he's got a lot to prove. He's been through a lot. Um, And my other quarterback... Not the most mind-blowing stats for a quarterback, but let me tell you something about Lamar Jackson. Uh, Cincinnati. My man. <laughs> he only had 150 passing yards. Now, like I said, this doesn't really go far for fantasy terms, but, but Lamar Jackson, you know, 150 passing yards. He did throw a pick, but in his first career game, has 119 rushing yards. The last person to rush over 100 yards was um, Colin Kaepernick, actually. Um, so this is this was a really impressive. I knew that he was going to run the ball. I think a lot of people suspected that last week he didn't run the ball as much in the first half, but when he did in the second half, he was just getting chunk gains every single time. Um, Lamar Jackson could turn this franchise around. I think Flacco needs to be. The, we talked about this last time too. Flacco is not elite. I think we can we all agree say on that. He's not elite. He, nope. Like I said, he gets a preseason hype, and they're like, oh, my God, he's doing great. And then he gets a regular season. He's, he's not good. But Lamar Jackson, man, this guy's electrifying. He's got the run game. Uh, I, I like this guy. I yeah, if he, he can, if he can figure out his throwing, um, you know, he could be very versatile. Bring I mean, in a decent quarterbacks coach and see what happens. Yeah, just uh, figure out the passing and he'll be fine. Um, for week 12, um, Kirk Cousins at Green Bay. Uh, Kirk Cousins hasn't been, you know, a superstar all season. But at Green Bay, uh, it was a must-win game against them. Um. Uh, he really came to play. Uh, 342 passing yards and three touchdowns, 16 rushing yards as well. That That's really good. I think he needed a game like that, especially against a decent team like the Packers. Um, when you're going, like I said, I already said this before, but when you're going up against Aaron Rodgers, it's never an easy matchup. You know you're going to have to, you can't always rely on your defense to uh, hold the other team to points, especially like especially with Aaron Rodgers. He'll definitely pace you. But uh, I think Kirk Cousins, he, he came to play, and he really needed that kind of win. Um People are kind of coming at his head right now because they shouldn't. Be, they should be doing a lot better, but um, they haven't been. But yeah, this was this was a must for Cousins. Uh, big win. They're right behind the Bears. Not sure that they could catch up. Uh, it's, it's it's definitely possible, but uh, we'll see how that plays out eventually. And then the other person I'm going to talk about is Jameis Winston. Uh, somehow we always talk about Tampa Bay quarterbacks. Because it's like We're a soap not, opera it, out there. It really is. I don't know what's going on. It's like a whole TV dr- drama series with the quarterback situation out there. But Jameis Winston, I think, is going to get the nod for the start this upcoming week uh, against San Francisco. Not the greatest defense. But he did have 312 passing yards, two touchdowns, 24 rushing yards. He was very efficient. And that's what they looked for. It was a solid, I think it was 27-7 to 7 or either 29-9. to 9. I cannot remember for sure. But it was a solid one for them. It, it was something that... Um, they needed clarification on QB, who's the leader. Um, um, Jameis Winston, he, he, I think he's maturing. Uh, like I said, he had this really good game, and then he came out and he um, he actually settled the issues going on with the Uber driver. That's a very mature move for him. Um, you know, I think he's really trying to clear his head right now. Um, he obviously wants to win Tampa Bay as a whole, including their defense. They're not a winning team, and it, it's going to take a lot to turn it around, but I think he wants to start somewhere, and I think that's with himself. So... He, he's definitely he's working his way up. I think he wants to put Ryan Fitzpatrick back on the bench for good. Yeah, I think his connection with Mike Evans it's 
it's still there. Uh, I don't think that's changed at all. But yeah, let's. Uh, he wants to win. Basically. I, I think though that Tampa Bay as a team has like the coaching staff at least has kind of realized this season has been a wash because of this constant quarterback quarterback issue right now. So I think that I mean yes they they want one they want one solid guy the rest of the season, but they would shove anyone out there I feel at this point just to get it, the season to end. Maybe even I feel like like the last two or three games I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Fitz back out there just because you know hey Jameis still does have potential. You know, they see, like, moments of greatness, and I think they just need a good quarterback coach in there, help him out with Jackson. I mean, like you said, he's a pretty good connection with Evans, but I think really um, they just need some different people in there But um, and just want to keep this guy healthy so they can build around him for next season because I think this they realize this season has been a wash because of constant outside battles that they could not control. I mean, but you know, let's say, let's say theoretically, like, Winston, we see the same old Winston. Mm-hmm. Winston doesn't do good again. What do you do next year? I mean, I think like that would be his final uh, strike, honestly, because you know you chalk one his first year up as his rookie year. You know he's still getting the stuff out. Uh, chalk this year up as he had personal problems off the field and he's been trying to regain momentum slowly, but constant. You know, uh, swapping between quarterbacks hasn't helped. If they get in a good quarterback coach and he still cannot deliver on Jackson and isn't as great, good on uh, Evans as they thought he would be. Then I think definitely, it, like I don't know if they should do it mid-season, or they should just wait it out until the end of his third season. But I think definitely after that, like he, if he cannot pull this out, his rookie contract will be done, and they will not resign him. Yeah, they definitely do need to figure stuff out. Um, right now, it seems like before every game, they just do a coin flip on who's going to start quarterback. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, certainly concerning if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, and certainly if you're a staff member, because you know you oh, draft definitely. Winston, you think he's fantastic, and then you know he doesn't play to his potential. So uh, you know, and then you have a backup who's not that great either. So yeah, um, concerning. It is concerning. Um, they have a lot of pieces in place right now, but they still have a lot of pieces missing. We'll see how it fares out in the next couple of seasons, but I wouldn't expect anything too much this year. They came guns a blazing the first couple of games, yeah. and then it just went downhill since. Um, yeah, so like Nick said, it's been a wash. It's It, it looked great. It just went down the hole real quick. Too good to be true. Absolutely. Yep. So, Nick, um, let me hear about your running backs. Okay, for Week 11, we have, um, you know, despite the state of the NFC East, we do have two running backs from the NFC East. We have Ezekiel Elliott during Week 11. He, I mean, his past three games have been astounding. And I think, um, I mean, Week 11 was probably the biggest one. 122 rushing yards, 79 receiving. He really has gone off. Now, who knows? Let's see. Can he keep this momentum? Because right now, he's looking like his rookie year right now. And it's kind of astounding that, like, finally he's found his groove. But, you know, because of the way the NFC East is, I think definitely they can um, pull something out for the playoffs. Uh, uh, right after him, though, we have Saquon Barkley, who has just been dominating this whole season. But I think really Week 11 he shined. 142 rushing yards, but also three touchdowns. I mean, he's like the only – I mean, other than uh, Odell Beckham Jr., he's the only kind of force the Giants have right now. But I think as a running back, they, um, he's just been doing great. I mean, we're really seeing why he was drafted so highly, and I think we are seeing a lot of his uh, Penn State uh, days. And I'm like, anytime I see him just break out in a long run, I'm like, it looks like last uh, season when he was with Penn State. It's kind of insane. Uh, but for Week 12, we move on to Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey uh, rushed 125 yards, receiving 112 yards. We already talked about him, but it, 
astounding game, even though it was a loss. This guy was just the fantasy blowout of the week, surpassing every single running back in the league. Honestly, two touchdowns. He caught every single ball that was thrown to him. It was crazy. The only other person that like I'm like I was like, a little bit interested in, in the running back group of week 12 was Austin Eckler, 35 rushing yards. It's not great. 68 receiving, but 10 um 10 for 11 passes. But it's just kind of he had like a lot of fancy points, and it's just kind of astounding because he really didn't have much before then. So I'm just like I, I mean just as it's a because, player coming up, I think it's great. Yeah, no, it's because uh, Melvin Gordon got hurt halfway through the game, so yeah. he obviously had to step up. Um, he didn't have to step up too much again because it was the Cardinals but when you go from Melvin Gordon to Austin Eckler it's obviously a huge difference but uh, he definitely played an important role um, Philip Rivers went 25 for 25 on the passing he tied the record he couldn't secure um, a new record but he tied it um, and Austin Eckler's uh, you know many catches that had a lot to do with it so yeah it, it was a good good for him um, he may if he's on waiver, definitely pick him up because Melvin Gordon has a sprained MCL, so he might not be playing for a bit. Um, he might not be back before the fantasy season is over. So Austin Eckler, look out for him, especially for PPR because he's a very big pass catcher. I remember last season clearly he caught a bunch of passes. So, yeah, uh, this guy's good. He, he's definitely good. Um, Sean? Yeah, so uh, I got wide receivers. Uh, so week 11, I want to talk about uh, Trey Con smith um, from uh, – Collins Saints uh, versus the Eagles, an absolute blowout game. Got 10 receptions, 157 yards, and a nice touchdown, too. Cap it off. Um, what was it, like four undrafted players caught touchdowns? Week 12, Saints versus Falcons. Four undrafted players caught touchdowns uh, for the Saints. Austin Cart, Dan Arnold, um, Keith Kirkwood, who's actually from Temple. Temple Tough. I love this Temple kid. Tough. I He's he's doing good. Uh, when you have Drew Brees as your quarterback, it's it, it, it makes it a little easier. bit easier. Yeah. But I do <laughs> like sure. this guy. He's definitely showing flashes. Um, and the last undrafted free agent was, I believe, I cannot remember. Oof. Well, whoever you are, you you caught a touchdown too. Keith, it was it was <laughs> <laughs> it was Austin Carr, Keith Kirkwood, Dan Arnold. Oh, and Tommy Lee Lewis. Tommy just, Lee who Lewis. Who he just activated off the R. And I liked his touchdown because. Like I said, he was just activated off the IR. First touchdown of the game. That's a great way to get your yeah, season fantastic. started. Uh, this but, th- but this is comeback player of the year. that's Andrew. That's Luck's for sure uh, locked up. JJ Andrew Luck or JJ. No, I True. think it's Andrew Luck. I think it should be Andrew Luck because he. This has been like multi-year, but the oh, same yeah. thing goes for JJ Watt. It's been yeah, a multi-year. No, no, no. For sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but yeah, go go back to what you were saying. Um, yeah. So moving on, uh, DJ Moore against the Lions. Seven receptions, 157 yards, and a touchdown. Um, fantastic game by him. That's exactly why they drafted him. Um, first round, um, look to have him uh, play like that a little bit more, especially uh, if Devin Punches doesn't play again this week. Um, they're definitely going to be thrown to him. Um, so week 12, Amari Cooper had a fantastic game, eight receptions, 180 yards, two touchdowns. Um, that trade that the Cowboys made is definitely panning out for them. Finally, so, finally paying off. Yeah, them. so... Uh, Good stuff for the Cowboys. Um, and then Juju Smith against the Denver um, Broncos. 13 receptions, 189 yards, one touchdown. And may I mention the 97-yard touchdown for him. that He burnt the uh, Broncos' defense. Um, so, yeah, that's my recap. Okay. Yeah, awesome. Um, definitely like the players. Um, it's been great fantasy-wise this season. Um, 
definitely seeing a lot of players uh, explode. Uh, I'm really enjoying that. Um, but we're going to talk about our fantasy must-star, must-bench, and boomer bust. Sean, if you would like to continue my good friend. All right, so we start him. I got uh, Emmanuel Sanders versus the Bengals. Um, so since Demarius Thomas was, tra- uh, was traded on October 30th, uh, Sanders has gotten plenty more targets um, on his side. Um, and he's got the most uh, right next to um, Cortland Sutton, who's got 15. I think Emmanuel has 24. Um, and then this week, a nice matchup. Plays Cincinnati, um, who's ranked number 31st uh, scoring defense. Uh, Bengals struggled against wide receivers specifically this year. Uh, they're one of the bottom teams in the league in both uh, yards and catches allowed. Um, they're an absolute mess right now. Um, and coming off a game where um, Emmanuel Sanders just got 86 yards and a touchdown off of seven receptions against the Steelers, he'll surely come back again this week and uh, perform. Um, and, you know, I, I think I think he's definitely going to be a lot better. Um, the past three games before this, he was pretty average. So um, I think after last week's performance and then a nice matchup this week, you know, he should bounce back. Um, so, yeah. Um, I would sit uh, Jarvis Landry against Houston. I don't think Jarvis Landry's much of a wide receiver one anymore. Um, he hasn't done as good as people thought he would with the Browns. Um, definitely before this season started thought he would for sure be their feature wide receiver um still kind of is but um definitely not um having great production as predicted recently um and then his matchup's not too favorable as well they're playing the texans very good defense um so i wouldn't expect a great game out of landry um and then boomer bust i'm gonna go back to my dude dj moore against tampa bay uh, DJ Moore has done fantastic the past two weeks against Detroit. Seven, as I said, seven receptions, 157 yards, uh, and then um, against the Seahawks, eight receptions, 91 yards. Um, he did fairly decent uh, week 12. Also, um, Funches was out that game, as I mentioned. Uh, clearly, Cam, Cam's top receiver in this game, um, minus uh, McCaffrey. Uh, I think they might stick this way going forward. I think Devin Funches is no longer the Panthers' number one wide receiver. I think we're going to start to see more um, evolve um, later in this season and for sure next season, hopefully. Um, I think he's definitely proven himself. Um, and then um, I, I, Funches is definitely questionable right now. Um, so I think if De- Funches doesn't play, um, that's fantastic for uh, more owners. Um, and even so, I think, you know, if Funches does come back, I don't think he's going to do as much as normal. Um, and then they got a pretty solid matchup against a pretty bad defense. So I think um, that's going to be very good. But I wouldn't count on it 100% just with the way the Panthers are playing. Um, so, yeah, that's my uh, boomer bust. All right, nice. Sean. Uh, Sean. Uh, thank you. <laughs> you want uh, me to go over it again? Uh, <laughs> say, say, it, say it all over again. Nick, my good guy. Okay, for my start, I have Tariq Cohen. Um, he's been, like, you know, pretty average. I think he's kind of regressed throughout the season. He had a pretty good couple of weeks in the beginning, but uh, he's kind of died down. But he had a pretty good game against Detroit, but mostly it's because the defense are playing this week, which is the New York Giants. And I don't know if Trubisky's going to be back or not, but he really did help Chase Daniel out a lot. I think he's really connecting well with him. Uh, and it doesn't really matter what quarterback. I think he's really just going to be a big running back this week. 
uh, just mostly, you know, because he's talented, first off, but also because the defense are playing, New York has been very uh, lacking, it seems. I mean, like I said, the whole that explains the whole NFC East again, but I think it showed with the Giants more than anything. But So he'll be my start for this week. Uh, bench, though, for this week, I have Sony Mitchell. Um, he, Michelle. Michelle, my bad. Uh, he's been very spotty. Like, uh, I mean, he was out for uh, two weeks, but then like when he does get come in, I mean, he doesn't. He didn't have amazing stats. I mean, he had a very good game against the New York Giants uh, or New York Jets. My bad. Uh, last week, 133 yards, um, uh, 21 uh, carries, and uh, a touchdown. But uh, you're going in against a Minnesota defense that has been pretty dominant this whole year, you know. And I'm not saying, you know, the, Pat- the Patriots are just having kind of one of their average years where we're always like, oh, the Patriots are finally going on the down. You know, they're not going to be do- and doing anything for the next couple of years, and then they make the playoffs and go to the Super Bowl like they always do. But I really think that Minnesota can give them a run for their money on defense. Now, it, it just depends. Can Minnesota score then on the offensive side of the ball? But I really think they can uh, stop up uh, Sony Michelle there. My boomer bust, though, for uh, this week is Ezekiel Elliott. Um, now, he, like I said, he has had three tremendous games the past three weeks. Only problem is I think he can sometimes just be real spotty. And when you're going against uh, New Orleans, who has just been a dominant force this like whole season, it's I mean you really gotta bring your A game. So it just depends. I mean we've seen players just out of nowhere just can't like you know they get go against a really tough uh, team, especially um, on the defensive side of the ball, and they just can't perform well. So it just depends on. Um, I think if he can really get some open room in the backfield or not the backfield, uh, the secondary area, and like just take off with it, I think he'll be good. But, um, I mean, we're just going to have to wait and see if New Orleans' defense comes to play. Um, if they, you know, if they're there, I think they're going to stop him up real good. If not, uh, he's going to run free and run all over them and make this a really tough game. Interesting. Um, me being a Saints fan, I'm confident in the Saints. But as you can tell, he's, yeah. he's an outstanding running back, so I would not be shocked if he did well. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, uh, quarterbacks, my must-start is Kirk Cousins. Uh, he had a great game against the Packers. I really like this pick. Because I think New England's defense has been pretty stout this year. They've been they've been doing well. Um, well, I think this is more so a potential shootout game rather than a defensive game. Uh, they're both pretty good defenses, but um, I think the points are just going to rack up this game. Uh, this is a, I believe it's a 4 o'clock game on Sunday, so uh, definitely check it out if you can. Um, but I'm liking this Kirk Cousins pick. I think this is room for... Uh, Thielen and Stefan Diggs, maybe 100-plus yards each. This is going to be a huge game for them. They're definitely going to have to be uh, a great supporting role, a uh, good supporting cast for uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, possibility that Dalvin Cook also has a really good game, uh, which can also help Kirk Cousins makes the uh, offense less one-dimensional. So, yeah, definitely liking this Kirk Cousins pick. Uh, however, my must bench is actually Matt Ryan. Um, at times, Atlanta's offense can be look like the best in the league, but at times it can just choke uh, Baltimore. They've uh, regardless of their record, they still have an amazing defense. Um, I just don't see Matt Ryan producing much this week. Uh, definitely don't start him if you have. A, if you don't have a better option, then start him. But if if you do have a better option, I would honestly, even if there's a stretch option, definitely take that. I'm not really feeling Matt Ryan this week. Um, and Boomer Bust is actually Matt Stafford. Um, in terms of inconsistency, he's been all over that this season. Um, not really sure what to think of them. Uh, they got rid of Golden Tate, so that obviously that's one less target to help him produce. But the Rams' defense is not 
they do for force key turnovers at points in the game, but uh, in terms of total yards and touchdowns and scoring, um, this defense is not very good. So Matt Ryan definitely has room to ex- you know blow up, but again, due to his inconsistency, he could definitely um, fall. Just not do very good. So yeah, Boomer Bus. He's a he's a risk play, risk reward, uh, high ceiling, low floor. So we'll see what he can do. Um, so yeah, um, I'm gonna continue um, with our next segment, our locked in and upset picks. Um, so my locked in pick is actually the Colts at Jacksonville. Jacksonville has not been performing well this season. I'm not quite sure why. This defense was supposed to be by all means the best in the league. They've done exactly the opposite of their expectations. Um, their offense, <laughs> not even sure what to think of it when you're resulting as at, when you're resulting with Cody Kessler to be your starting quarterback. <laughs> that's never good. That's not good. <laughs> never good. That's not very good. No. So uh, the Colts are on fire. Andrew Luck's on fire. There's no, there's nothing stopping them right now. The the thing I like a lot about the Colts, um, outside of T.Y. Hilton, there's not really a number two wide receiver. But this running game is mildly underrated. I look at they have three dimensions to this running game. So they have Naeem Hines, who can just run on the edge nonstop. But then they have Moreland Mack, who's an downhill runner at all costs and but then they have a third running back that produces just as much jordan wilkins who is a great pass catcher out of the backfield so you know all this talk about Le'Veon bill going there next season what i do i think is a bad idea no they got the money unless they want to you know really risk it with him because he's definitely concerning in terms of his behavior but i look the three running back it seems like a crowded backfield but I like what they have going right now. They have multiple dimensions to it, and it's really hard to game plan against something like that. So, uh, yeah, I definitely like the Colts, uh, even though they're playing in Jacksonville. I really like um, them. I think they're going to put up a lot of points, shut down the Jaguars' offense. It's not going to be too hard with Cody Kessler. So, um, yeah. Um, upset, I have the Buccaneers beating the Panthers. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sean. Wow. Um, oh, no. I think... I only think this because the Panthers have done some very questionable things in the past couple of weeks, like last week when they let Graham Gano go for the long field goal and then just yeah. gave great field position to Seattle. That was a really bad idea. And prior to that, they went for a two-point conversion. And it's not even that it was a bad idea. It was risky, risk-reward. But it, they had the play. He was wide open. He was wide open. Cam Newton just don't know what's going through his head, but he just totally missed him. So that that was really on him, but I still think it would have been more efficient for them to just take the take the extra point, just go into you know overtime. You have a better chance that way, honestly. How successful you are with two point conversions, I'm not exactly sure what their percentage is on that, but it, it's just a hard thing to accomplish. I just thought it was a bad idea, but with Jameis Winston um, trying to solidify his role as, the, as a confident starter over Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, I think he's really aiming for that right now. He, like I said before, he's maturing. Um, it is in Tampa Bay, so that gives him the upper hand. Um, but, yeah, I think it's very possible that Jameis Winston helps pull out this win. Um, it's going to be tough. I know the Carolina Panthers, they're really looking to get back in this race because they're at 6-5 and five now. They're kind of in a hole, um, so they want to turn things around. Buccaneers are a great way to start, but I don't know. I just think the Buccaneers got this one on them. I do. Uh, Nick? Okay, for my locked in, I mean, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. These guys have just been dominant all season long. I mean, they're going against the Raiders, who have not been dominant all season long. That's the best way I can say it. I mean, they. I think there's just an easy win for the Chiefs, as usual. I mean, I really don't think the Raiders have anything to offer, especially this year. I mean, yeah, you know, they got all those first-round picks next year, so we'll see. But 
I mean, right now, this is not their season. Again, this season's a wash, you know? This is really when you get to see, do these teams, are they going to try to salvage their season now, or are they done, and they're just going to give up? I mean, the Raiders, I think, are just done. They've given up. So I think the Chiefs are definitely going to win that one. For my upset, though, I have the Browns over the Texans. Now, the Texans have been on a roll, and I really do like the Texans a lot. But I do like Baker Mayfield more. I honestly do. I mean, this man feels dangerous every single day. He's the best. I mean, I don't know. And I'm also glad they got rid of Hugh Jackson. Hey, Hugh Jackson. Period. That's the end of it. But, I mean, they they can come back. I, I mean, not this season, obviously. But I think they can, like, you know, they can show the whole league that, listen, like, we're not going to be the same old Cleveland Browns. I mean, we're, you had to change it around midseason, which is never good. But I think they can, like, finally, you know come into their element more and now that they feel like they're free from Hugh Jackson and his uh, winless tyranny but uh, those are my uh, locked in upsets okay I before Sean speaks I have a quick bone to pick um, it, I like the upset it's a stretch I like Baker Mayfield but I don't like his off-field actions right now I know this is completely different but, I know um, do I think personally they should have just let Hugh Jackson finish out the season um, it, it, yeah I think in, in his fairness, it should have been like that. But then for Baker Mayfield to go and turn around and say, oh, well, you know, he's going to take a, a position on a team that's in our division and then try and show us what's up. It, by the At the end of the day, it's just an, a man. As soon as he lost his job in Cleveland, it had nothing to do with football. It was just a man that was unemployed. Yeah, and this, this is in college. This is at the NFL. It's a business. Like, grow up. Like, yeah, grow, grow up. up. That, that was very you're, immature. You're an NFL quarterback. You, you can't say childish stuff like that. This isn't college anymore. It know. really isn't. I think that he you just, can't say childish stuff. I think he just does it to amp himself up, though. You know, because you look at it's other joke. players in the league. I mean, um, what am I always? Cornerback uh, for uh, Jacksonville. Jalen Ramsey. But he, Ramsey. But he proved himself over the past couple of seasons. But he did not prove himself this season. That is very true. And he uh, talked trash on yeah. everyone. Oh, no. I, and so, I totally agree with so that. So I think and and it's not like he was like talking trash before the game real big, big just being like, listen, we're going to come in there and we're just going to walk all over them. He wasn't, you know, nothing was said. And then just after the game, he's just like, yeah. He, I mean, he let the, his playing speak for him also at the same time. Uh, now, do absolutely. I do I condone what, like, yes. His, what he said was very, you know, immature at the time. But, I mean... I under I mean I kind of understand where he's coming from and I think yeah he's just saying I mean like we've all seen young players say dumb things so Odell Beckham a- as an athlete his, I respect him I, he's great and I like I wish the Saints they got him but now knowing that he's gonna say stuff like that it's very bad publicity in terms of you know the Browns um, obviously the Browns fans love him but there have just been multiple analysts um, they're just coming at a sir right now because that is just totally uncalled for to call out a man taking another job somewhere when at the end of the day it's a man who is unemployed does not have a job is not making any type of salary it's just that's just completely immature on a personal level i i was not very happy with what you said yeah i i respect it on like a competitive standpoint 110 percent you know it's it is rival Absolutely, yeah uh, you play that team two weeks like every year but for, from a professional standpoint you, you just can't say stuff like that it's that simple um, and he's done it times and time again. We've seen this his whole career. Absolutely. And I, I really hope, you know, it dies down a little bit um, mm-hmm. because this is what gets players in trouble all the time. Oh, yeah, definitely. This attitude, it, it, it does. And, you know, it's last, it's nice to have... Last Browns player to do let me just mention, Johnny Manziel. Yeah. True. What happened to him? CFL. Where is he now? Yeah, he's not doing anything. He's not doing anything, definitely. But um, I do I do have this thing I do want to say also, but I think he did have a problem with him personally. Because you look at the other Browns players, I feel like 
they did respect it. Like, they went over before the game and they shook his hand. I don't think I saw any video of Baker going over there. Well, no, no. Well, well, I mean, after the game, Hugh Jackson approached Baker. He gave him a handshake, but he wanted to do, like, the arm around, like, the, the little quick hug kind of thing. And Baker and Mayfield just gave him the look, like, get off me. Like, yeah. why are you t- like why are you near me? I just think it's I just did not, like, it, it is disrespectful. I think there's just beef between them. I mean, I, mean, I don't think, I mean, I, I, I think he's doing yeah. it on purpose, obviously. I'm not saying he's, like, you know, doesn't know he's snuffing, like, or snubbing him, but it's, um, I think he just doesn't like the guy. And, like, I mean, I never, obviously, never met the guy, so I don't know why he has beef with him. But it's one of those things that I do like watching because I do think it's entertaining. And some people do think it's yeah, childish. But at the same time, it's kind of just fun to watch two grown men argue over a game of football. But, you know, then again, it's, you know, he, I do think he is young. So he's got to work on his uh, press conferences and everything like that. All right, Sean? Uh, yeah, so um, I, I'm going to go ahead and say my upset is um, Atlanta beating Baltimore. Um, this is a very exciting game. It is Lamar Jackson's like first serious start, um, and I it, it I'm very excited to see the young quarterback play. Um, he's done fairly oh he's done pretty good um, lately. But um, he, let's see who he's played. He's played who the Bengals and the Raiders. Those are very subpar defenses, and he's playing. An an average Falcons team, but compared to those two defenses, like the Falcons look great, like their defense look great compared to you know Oakland and uh, Cincinnati. Um, I, as much as I love Lamar Jackson, I'm I'm scared because he he didn't throw the ball that great. Um, I will say the Falcons' uh, rushing defense is atrocious, um, but. You know, I I just I don't want to trust them just yet. Um, I think Atlanta, even though they have been playing pretty poor, and the Ravens do have a very good defense. I just I I don't see Baltimore coming out with the win. Um, it is at Atlanta. Uh, it's always tough to play there. Um, but uh, I I understand this is not the same Atlanta team we're used to. Um, but um, who knows? I mean, maybe Lamar Jackson can uh, come out and prove me wrong. But I just I don't. I don't see Baltimore winning this one. Um, moving on, uh, my locked in is um, the Packers uh, over the Cardinals. Um, I don't see Josh Rosen heading into Lambeau Field, chipping on his shoulder, beating Andrew, uh, not Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Luck, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, this, I, I think this game is, is over before it even started. Um, the 2-9 and nine Cardinals, have, I don't think, have any chance, really, against the Packs. Um, the Packers are um, actually 4-0-1 at home this year. Um, they do have that tie. Um, so technically they are undefeated at home. Um, and I just I don't see the Cardinals breaking that streak. So that's my locked in. I like them. I like them. All right, yeah, I like them too. Um, so back to what I hyped up before. We got our last segment. Um, I'm kind of excited for this. It's to switch up a little bit. But it is the final chase. We are heading into the very last couple of games of the season. Um, I'm excited to see what's going to go on. Um, we got a couple of close divisions. We got some who have pulled away. Uh, definitely a lot of teams in the same area for wild card spots. But which second place team could chase down the leader of their division? That's what I want to know from you guys. Nick, you start. I think, I mean, there, first off, a lot of divisions out there that have already been taken by the first place team 
But one of those divisions, I think, is, well, actually, I don't remember what division. The Ravens. I think the Ravens are a second-place team that could definitely come up and win their division in the AFC North. AFC North has been very lackluster this year. Um, I think the Steelers have had a lot of hiccups throughout this year that the Ravens, especially with this uh, Lamar Jackson, who we don't, we, we really don't know what he's capable of, capable of like you said. But, um, I mean, this week's obviously going to really have to prove something with him. Uh, defense is, you know, very, very rough for the Ravens right now. But I feel that they can uh, pull through this second half of the – or not even second half of the season, these last couple of games – and, um, you know, win their division, not even worry about a wild card spot, like take the whole AFC North because um, I think the Browns are done. Uh, Bengals maybe could, but I think the Ravens just have the best chance because they got this new young quarterback who is just hungry to play. But uh, that's my uh, second-place team that's really going to, I think, gonna come up in these uh, last couple weeks. All right, Sean? Yeah, so I'm jumping ship. Uh, originally I said the Titans were a dark horse team. Um, I completely... Uh, withdraw my opinion on that. Um, I I jumped the gun a little bit too too far, um, too fast. We all made um, after the Pats eventually. lost to the Titans, uh, they lost two straight since then. Not looking good. So, in light of that, I've switched to a new AFC South <laughs> team uh, in the Colts, or should I say Andrew Luck? Um, <laughs> <laughs> true. No, true <laughs> it's it's just Andrew Luck's team. It is. It is. Um, you know, it, and if he's not the league MVP, then he's definitely the Colts' MVP, and you know that's just that. Um, they they have a very favorable um, schedule coming up. They're on a uh, was it five game win streak. They're now six and five after being one and five earlier in the season. I mean, like that's that's actually amazing itself. They play the Jags. Um, this week um, against Cody Kessler, I don't think the Jaguars are going to come out. And then I think because of that, um, they have an um, ability to take over the spot um, that the Texans currently hold. Um, that This past week after that, because they played the Texans at Texans uh, Stadium. Um, so, I mean, you beat the Jags, you beat the Texans. I mean, you're you're right there. Yeah. And so after that, they play the Cowboys who they're they're looking pretty good the Cowboys now but he's still like head scratcher there um Giants of course not too great and then you know my prior tight Titans last game of the year so I I think you know the way that they've been playing I mean really this whole season their offense has been fantastic they've been scoring just about 30 or so points like every week Mm -hmm. I mean it's it's amazing um you know their defense is certainly a head scratcher but I mean like I think Andrew Luck, the way he's playing, the way their offense is playing, the way their def- uh, their offensive line has turned things around, um, I I wouldn't sleep on the Colts this year. I think you know, say the Texans still do win the, the division. I th- certainly believe that you know the Colts can somehow slip in a wild card spot, which would be, be phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, I like this pick. Um, I was hoping one of us would honestly say it, uh, but yeah, I really do like that pick of Colts. They're on the come up. Um, Defense is actually playing a lot better than people think. It's not the most amazing defense, but it is, it's there enough for the offense to be able to take control and uh, the defense to put, put away teams um, in very key spots. So, yeah, great pick. Um, for me, I've kind of been on this, uh, this hype train for a long time since, like, the first couple of games of the season. Do not doubt these Los Angeles Chargers. Now, I know how good the Kansas City Chiefs are, but both teams have a decent schedule 
um, for the rest of the season. Um, they're very, they're actually very similar schedules. They're very difficult, but I think if the Chargers are able to win games that the Chiefs cannot, such as the Baltimore Ravens game that they both have to play, let's say the Chargers beat the Ravens but the Chiefs lose, it will really come down to when they play head-to-head because they do have a head-to-head matchup. Basically, there's a lot that has to go into it. They are only back one game, I believe, um, or maybe it's two. I'm not really sure how it works, but this Chargers team is a lot better than people think. I do think the Chiefs the, the Chiefs offense is, is better than the Chargers offense. I don't think it's a lot better by a large margin, but I do think it's better. But I think the Chargers defense is significantly better than the Chiefs. So yeah, um, I'm really on this hype train. I love the Chargers, and I do think in the following week, I think in the next couple of weeks, um, if Patrick Mahomes regresses at all, the, the Chargers are definitely going to jump on that. So yeah, um, so I think that really concludes everything. Um, our show is running a little bit longer than usual, but that is due to the fact that we had to cover weeks 11 and 12. Um, I'm hoping you guys enjoy this. We're you know here to give you guys entertainment, tell you about football, have a good time. Um, and just one last question. Are you down to football?